Hey, so today's message is entitled, This is How We Fight Our Battles. That is our message title for today. And we're going to be looking in the book of Exodus. And the main character of the story is a man named Moses. Now, his journey is kind of remarkable, right? Long story short, he became the liberator, unwillingly, by the way, of God's people. And he took them out of the land of Egypt on this crazy journey towards a promised land that God have them. And sometimes I think we get it confused that when God has a plan, it's easy. That's not how it really works. Sometimes God's plan can have some obstacles along the way, right? In chapter 14 of Exodus, they are saved from the Egyptian army by crossing the Red Sea as God parted the waters. Come on, that's worth praising, brother. God did a work in Moses' life. Man, that's awesome. I love chapter 14. Chapter 15, they sang a worship song for one entire chapter about how God brought them out and across the Red Sea because they were excited of how God had done chapter 14, so chapter 15 became all about the worship. I love chapter 15. Chapter 16, they get out and realize they ain't got no food. Like, yo, God is good. What are we eating, Moses? He's like, I don't know. I didn't think that far ahead. I don't know. And so he said, God, send us something. So God rained down manna from heaven and quail, and they begin to feast. And I love chapter 16, when manna and quail fall from heaven. I never had that, but God has still provided in my life. So chapter 14, 15, 16, the people are excited. They're well fed. They've crossed. The, they've, they've been winning, 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 right? Then chapter 17. Chapter 17 hits a little different. Have you ever had a chapter in your life hit a little different? Mm -hmm. With an unexpected phone call mm. or the unanticipated loss or maybe the unsolicited confrontation or an undesirable outcome or maybe you had an unplanned event. It's real and we've all been there. Now, chapter 17, though, actually starts off good. They get thirsty because after you eat, how I many know you need some water to wash down that bread? Seriously. So what happens? God, well, hey, well, well, Moses, strike that rock, and let's throw a pool party with some rock right now. So literally what happens is they hit the rock, water comes out, God takes care of his people, right? Things are going good. Then the unexpected shows up loud and proud. The unplanned barges in on their party. The uninvited guest comes in and crashes the praise party. Things are going good. The Israelites are probably having a water from the rock pool party. They're sitting there chilling out, drinking water, singing God is good. Then all of a sudden, uh, the messenger shows up and goes, hey, Moses, guess what? There's like a bunch of people. Oh, tell them to come on in. Now they got swords. Don't tell them to come in. <laughs> tell them to chill. So all of a sudden, they're under attack. They didn't invite the attack. They didn't want the attack. They didn't say, hey, let's fight. That's not what happened at all. The Amalekites just showed up and got ready to come out them. Have you ever been attacked in the middle of your attempt to do the right thing? Like you are trying your best to make good decisions and bad things happen. That is the most frustrating thing, right? You forgive someone, then they post about you. You read it and you're like, I thought we were good. Well, nah, it's real. So, or, or you're getting ready to come to 6 a.m. prayer and fasting, but the car won't start. Mm. The kids are cranky, as always. Keys are lost, and all the fields set in. You hear things about you that are absolutely untrue. And in the middle of those moments, it can feel like God was just with me, but where did God just go? So let's read chapter 17 together today and talk about it some. The Bible says in Exodus 17, 8 through 13, it says this. While the people of Israel were still at Rephidim, the warriors of Amalek attacked them. 
Moses commanded Joshua, choose some men to go out and fight the army of Amalek for us. Tomorrow, I will stand at the top of the hill holding the staff of God in my hand. So Joshua did what Moses had commanded and fought the army of Amalek. Now, meanwhile, Moses and Aaron and Hur climbed the top of a nearby hill. Now, as long as Moses held up the staff in his hand, the Israelites had the advantage. But whenever he dropped his hand, the Amalekites gained the advantage. Now, Moses' arms soon became so tired, he could no longer hold them up. So Aaron and Hur found a stone for him to sit on. Then they stood on each side of Moses, holding up his hands, so his hands held steady until sunset. As a result, Joshua overwhelmed the army of Amalek in the battle. Adversity often, most times, shows up uninvited. We never send out an invite party for adversity. That's not what we do. Now Moses here, though, he models for us a blueprint for our battle plan when, not if, when, not if, when, not if, the enemy attacks. Now Moses doesn't grab a sword and go into battle, but rather he gets with God and turns to worship and he starts praying. Now he realizes he must have supernatural intervention for the victory. In 2023, even this week, as you desire to grow closer to God, the enemy is going to attack you and try to stop your Jesus journey. But today I want to challenge you to dig in and win. Moses let God's power drive his plan. Let's drive his plan. So today I want us to look at some keys from the word of God here to help us when the enemy comes against you and attacks you today. The first one is this right here. There is power in the proper perspective. There's power in the proper perspective. Verse 9 says this, Moses commanded Joshua, choose some men to go out and fight the army of Amalek. Choose some men to go out and fight the army of Amalek. For us tomorrow I will stand at the top of the hill holding the staff of God in my hand. Right? So the enemy is coming in hot and they had bad intentions planned for God's people. Moses chose, though, in that moment not to let fear blind his faith when the attack came. Now, no doubt, though, the enemy was talking loud. You remember when the enemy starts talking loud in your ear like you want to respond in faith, but the doubt, the worry, all the stuff is coming loud at you? Moses was very aware, though, that the battle was bigger than him. He understood he had to have God's help. Now, last year, I have no doubt you faced some battles that were incredibly challenging and they were bigger than you. Maybe you lost a job, family issues, health scares, people let you down. The enemy loves to talk loud during these times, church family. He does. He loves to whisper as you're trying to worship, God doesn't care. As you're trying to commit to prayer and fasting, God doesn't hear you. As you try to, to dive in, God, God's not going to bless you. This church doesn't even like you. Bah, 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 bah. He begins to put that shatter in you and telling you all these lies about God, about what God can and cannot do, and begins to work against you. And even says prayer and fasting won't change things. Why even try? You did it last year, nothing happened. He wants you to believe that you can't break free, that the way you're living right now is the way you're always going to be living, and that simply is not true. Can I tell you something? Lies are easy to recognize when you see things from a higher perspective. Moses, Moses climbed the mountain not to get out of fighting, but to get an accurate view of the situation he was facing. His flesh said, go fight, but his faith said, I can't win without him. 
So when we realize that we've got to have God, that's the accurate view of how to fight your battle. Can I tell you something? Your words can't win it. Your wisdom can't win it. Your work can't win it. All that you do can't win it. You need God's power for you to win. So when you elevate and you see things correctly, you're going to realize on your best day, you're not enough. You need God's power and his presence working in you and through you in that situation. These next 21 days, I believe God wants us to elevate our thinking by us climbing the mountain of his truth. To see the enemy for who he is, a liar. To see God's power for what it is, unlimited. To see people the way he does in need of hope. I believe this right here. God's perspective on problems changes everything this morning. Did you know that mountaintop moments lead to victories in your valley? Mountaintop moments lead to victories in your valley. Because when you're in your valley, enemy looks big. When you get up on the mountain, you realize, oh, he ain't that big. God's much bigger. Oh, he little. He ain't that much. But he sure did seem big when you were eye to eye. But when God elevates, you're like, oh, we can get through this. God did it before. He'll do it again. So today I want to encourage you, elevate, get God's perspective on your problems, your pain, and watch God do what he does. Moses walked in power because his perspective was on point. God had always come through. God had always provided. God always loved him. God had always been there. So for Moses, praising and lifting his hand was easy because he had a track record of God coming through. And so do you. I don't care what you're facing today that's calling you, texting you, hitting you, the lies hitting you. God has a track record you can count on of coming through. So when worry is talking, when doubt's talking, shame is talking, know that God's word is stronger than whatever it is you're facing today. And that mountaintop perspective can change everything. Everything in your life. Power is unleashed when truth is believed. Second thing today is this. There is power in the pursuit of God's presence. As long as Moses, verse 11 says this, as long as Moses held up his staff in his hand, the Israelites had the advantage. But whenever he dropped his hand, the Amalekites gained the advantage. When Moses climbed the mountain, he didn't throw a picnic with friends because he was there for a purpose. He wasn't trying to get out of the fight. He was trying to show him how to fight different. He knew the secret to victory wasn't in his talents or his abilities, but in God's power. When we come together starting tomorrow morning, we're going to seek God because we know we need his power bigger than our problem. We know we need his provision for what our needs are. So we understand that we have to fight a little different. We need God's presence. We must fight right to really achieve victory this year. Can I tell you something, y'all? Church family online, all of our camps this morning, worship to God, that's our warfare. It is. The word of God, that is our weapon. Prayer with God is our power tool, and fasting is fuel for the fight. God wants you to win the fight, and he'll win it with you if you'll just let him fight and win. All we do is win, 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 no matter what, when God walks in the battle with us. That's not a song. It's a praise report today. God will win if you'll walk with him. When Moses was engaged with the enemy, we engaged with God. Not only was he winning, catch this, it affected everyone around him. He didn't just win. When his hands were up, the whole people won. 
When he was leading the way, everybody around him won. Can I tell you this right here? When you are full of God's presence, his victory begins to spill out of you onto everyone around you. It spills out in the supermarket. It spills out, it spills out onto your husband and to your wife. It spills out on your kids. You begin to leak God's love. You begin to spill out worship. You begin to ooze encouragement. You begin to exude hope. Why? Because what you're full of is what's going to come out of you. And so when you're full of God, that's what's going to leak out of you every single day and in every single way. Romans 15, 13 says this, may the God of hope, may the God of hope, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace and believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. Psalm 23, 5 says, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies, you anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. People need you and I to overflow with Jesus. His hope will change your family and friends. His healing is available to the broken, and that includes you. And his help is stronger than whatever it is that you might be facing today. We need the power of God's presence for the problems of our daily life. So let me tell you this today. Keep your hands up, and you watch what God can do. His presence is stronger than your problems. And lastly today, there's power in partnership with God's people. So Moses' arm, the Bible says in verse 12, soon, everybody say soon, soon became tired. He could no longer hold them up. So Aaron and Hur found a stone for him to sit on. Then they stood on each side of Moses holding up his hands. So his hands held steady until sunset. As a result, Joshua overwhelmed the army of Amalek in battle. This wasn't cheating. This was wisdom. It wasn't cheating for Moses to get help. It was wisdom to know he needed help because we do. The outcome of the story, y'all, was predictable from the beginning. Now, Moses was an incredible leader, and I know you are incredible as well. I know that you are uber strong. I know that you are mighty and powerful and learned of God. I know that you are, man, all you do is win. I get it. I get it. I get it. But the story said this, that Moses' arms soon became tired. That may have been 10 minutes or an hour, but the point is he needed help. The story would have been a drastically different one if they had not gone alone to the mountain. If he would have not brought Aaron and her, the story would have been different. Moses would have walked up and be like, yeah, we're going to win today. Five minutes in, seven minutes in, nine minutes in. He'd be like, well, we ain't winning today, y'all. I tried. But he was smart enough to realize I am called by God, but I simply can't do this by myself. The principle for us is true today. We need each other to walk in victory. Better together is not just for peanut butter and jelly, coffee and creamer, bacon and eggs, sugar and Kool-Aid, or burger and fries. It's true for me and you too. We are better together because we're stronger together. Now, one of the most concerning things about our current culture for me is that we have some life approaches that are not going to set us up for success. Think about this. We feel lonely, but we don't talk to people. We feel disconnected at times, but we're not part of a small group. We struggle on finding purpose, but we're not on a dream team currently. We want our kids to be God-honoring, but they're not in PC Kids or Epic. Now, I understand our schedules are busy. Trust me, as a parent of two, I get it. Schedules are busy, but I'm telling you this right here. We can get so busy that sometimes when God opportunities knock, we can't even answer because we're so busy with things. Now, please hear my heart. I'm not trying to meddle on anything. 
but rather suggests that we would surrender to God's battle plan, not just for us, but for our families and everyone that we are in contact with. Because God's battle plan for success includes going to war with other warriors. Just like Moses, we need the body of Christ to win the war. We do. Life is challenging in its best seasons, and you are going to get tired. At some point, at some point, in this year, I don't care how strong you are, how determined you are, if you got your resolutions on print, on paper, on calendar with reminders, you are still going to get tired. And you are going to need some help because your hands are going to begin to drop and you're going to find yourself needing help. You're going to need an errand to come alongside you, a small group to lift you up when you don't want to do it anymore. You're going to need a her to come alongside you, H-U-R, her to come alongside you to lift you up. That will be your dream team because understanding this right here, you are strong, but you're stronger together. You are good, but you're better together. You and I were created to walk in unity with the body of Christ. We need each other to walk out God's plans and purposes. That's why committing to attend church in 2023 matters so much. That's why PC Kids and Epic matters so much. The Dream Team matters so much. Having your kids in church matters so much. We win battles together. When we're tired, we have someone to lift our arms. But when you're alone, it's hard. But you don't have to be alone. Alone is a choice. It's a decision. Because God wants you plugged in to people. Now, people aren't perfect because you ain't perfect. But the beautiful thing is this right here. Our God's perfect. And he's going to walk this thing with it. He's going to do all these great things in and through our life. We win battles together if we link up, if we fight together, we pray together. We serve together, we give together, we worship together, we fast together. God knows what you're facing even now. So quick story for you. My wife lived with a chronic physical pain for 17 plus years of our marriage to the point my wife would literally lay in bed sometimes with a heating pad. She couldn't ride in cars for a long period of time. It hurt her to go for walks, go to the gym, she couldn't hardly do anything for 17 years of our marriage off and on. Sometimes she would just literally lay in bed crying. And we would just pray, God, could you do something? We know who you are. I preach your gospel every week. Can you move in her life and do something? And for 17 years, it seemed like we wondered, God, where are you? You're not answering these prayers. We know, you're, we know who you are, but you're not answering these prayers. So we began to cry out to God. And there was a lot of different diagnoses during that time with lots of doctors and there was procedures, but seemingly no relief over the course of all these years. So in 2015, a doctor supposedly had a fix for us. So we had this one more procedure, right? You know how that goes, one more, it's gonna fix it. One more procedure, supposed to fix things. But the problem was after it was over, she left actually in more pain than ever before. So things actually went backwards. So the doctor, for us and everything, began to seem hopeless. And we realized at that point, nothing was seeming to help. The doctor suggested we come back and try the surgery again. And we was like, thank you, once is enough. We're good. We are so good. We're good. We'll figure it out. And so we smiled our way through it. Praise God. We strong. We believers. We, we good. And we begin to continue to do what we do. In January of 2016, she was in so much pain. Or 2015, she was in so much pain that even walking or sitting was difficult. She would literally say to me in the car, I guess this is my lot in life. I guess it's all. I guess it's, I guess it's the way things are always going to be. And my best pastor voice, I would say, no, girl, God's going to heal you. 
God's going to do great things. Fast forward to 2016. The church we were at at the time had a 21 days of prayer and fasting. This is why it's personal to me, y'all. And um, we laid that pain at the feet of Jesus that year and said, God, we cannot keep this up. She cannot keep this up. We need you to be who you say you are. We need you to move in through her life. We begin to seek God and go after God. And God showed up in ways we couldn't even imagine. During that 21 days, we was like, oh, God's going to answer it. So after 21 days, y'all, she still was not healed yet. But that next month, the very next month, my wife is driving a car, just worshiping God in the middle of her pain to a song called Miracle. This is her word. She said, God whispered to me that my healing is for you also. She said, right then and there, because I began to cry out to God and say, God, you're a healer. You've got me. I believe you're a healer. I believe you paid for my healing, and I believe you've healed me. And she told me, I'm healed. And I said, that's so good, baby. I'm so glad you're healed. That's what I said. So she got to work, carrying on with her day, doing her normal thing. And she gets to the car full of pain that day. She gets to the car, driving home that day. I'll never forget it. She's driving, worshiping God, doing her normal thing. And she said, the Holy Spirit whispered to her and said, look at how you're sitting. And she said she realized for the first time in 18 years, she was riding in a car without her back hurting, without things hurting, without her having problems. She said she began to worship God. And she said, whew, she called me and said, I am healed. I am healed. God has healed me. God has taken care. And here's what the cool thing. She was able to sit in the car with no pain. She was able to go home and walk the stairs with no pain. No pain. God took care of it. She was able to change clothes and walk with no pain. She called me with excitement saying, God has heard my prayers and he has healed me. So let me tell you something. I don't know how long you've been walking through what you're going through, but I can tell you the same God that saved you, the same God that called you, the same God that we say loves you is right with you right now in the middle of your battle, in the middle of your problems, in the middle of your pain, in the middle of your discouragement, in the middle of your mess. God wants to show up and heal you, bring hope and the help that you need this morning. Because here's the deal. We didn't fight our battle the way everyone else does. We fought them God's way. Those 21 days of prayer and fasting for us that year was warfare that won over the brokenness in her body. And it can be the same for you this year. I don't know what you're walking through, but can I tell you, when you look at your what, it may seem big. Doctors may have said, people may have said, all your anxiety, your fear, all the stuff. If you'll get God's perspective and look at it, you don't fight your battles by talking to it or, or saying something. You lift your hands. You begin to pray. And you say something like, this is how I fight my battles. Oh, it's still there, I know, but this is how I fight my battles. You begin to worship God because you realize the way you this fight is God is different. Come battle. on, that's how you fight them. It ain't this in you. It's in God. Battle. It's through God. It's by God. It's from God. God wants to do great things battle. in your life this year if you'll this just allow him. Come on, fight this your battle right now. Right where you're at, online, Midwest City, Northwest, wherever you're at today, just know that God is fighting with you. He is fighting for you today. This is how I fight my battles. This is how I fight my battles. This is how I fight my battles. This is how I fight.
worship God this morning. Say, God, I'm with you. I'm for you. I believe in you. Fight your battles this morning. Here's the great thing about this. You have to fight, but God fights with you. You have to stand, but God stands with you. You have to worship, but that comes easy. We know who you're worshiping. You got to pray, but you got to pray with anticipation because God still hears your prayers.